Empower the use of open source with software composition analysis from Revenera. Hello, I'm Kendra Morton, Product Marketing Manager at Revenera. Welcome to another Software Composition Analysis podcast. We've got an interesting topic for you today, and my guest is a familiar voice, Venkat Ramdanga, Principal Product Manager at Revenera. Hey there, Venkat. Hey, Kendra. Thanks for having me here. Uh, I heard a lot about this SEA podcast, and uh, I'm glad to be on one of these. Thank you. Looking forward to our discussion today. Yeah, great. You, I'm glad to have you here, Venkat. So today's discussion revolves around the need for users of open source to provide the right level of author attribution. Organizations today have to take into account the amount of open source software they utilize in applications in order to develop, let's say, an, an effective strategy for maintaining the compliance and security of the software supply chain. In many cases, it comprises upwards of 70, even over 90% of the code, depending on which study that you look at. But regardless, it's substantial. When open source components are used, that code is authored by someone who licenses the use of the code to others. As many of you are most likely aware, licenses vary, and so do the legal obligations of the user. Attribution for the author is one of those necessary obligations. So, Venkat, that's what we're here to talk about today. How important is attribution when it comes to fulfilling license obligations? Sure. So, you know, obligations is a, you know, one of the favorite topics of you know anybody who is working on the OSS world, right? And so is attribution, right? So, I mean, let, let's start with you know defining what an attribution actually means in the open source world, right? So, you know, if you talk about in plain English, okay, it's just referring to the original author when the author's work is reused, right? So let's try to you know, you know simplify that further by taking an example of a movie. Okay, so uh, if I am making a movie, okay, and I wish to use a snippet of a popular song in my movie, right? So since I have used someone else's work, okay, giving credit to that person is you know is totally respectful, right? And it becomes an obligation if the music I'm using, you know, from that other composer or singer, okay, is only available in the commercial platform, unless you know I'm using the, you know, the national anthem or some other, you know, common folk music, right? But sometimes, you know, I'd have to probably pay royalty, you know, for its use, right? But most of the times, I'd have to just mention the original composer in my movie credits, right? So this is not just being respectful for others' creativity, but you know, it's also an acknowledgement that the work in my movie movie is not completely original so there is pieces of uh, you know uh, you know items in my movie which you know does not completely belong to me but i'm reusing someone else's creativity or work okay but at the same time i want to you know give them enough credit you know by mentioning them in my movie credits or you know saying thank you okay at the end of the movie right so now that we have a very popular analogy you know let's apply try to apply that to software right so when you're building your own software you know, a similar need you know arises right so when you're you know using an open source component it's very important to understand you know the license in which the original work was produced Right. So it's not just you know uh, the license of you know your own software, whether you're an open source developer or you're a commercial software vendor. It doesn't matter. Right. So when you're developing, you know, uh, when you're reusing an open source component, okay, you need to understand the license in which the original work was produced. Right. And when releasing your content, okay, that now includes the open source code. Okay, you have an obligation. Okay. So a simple obligation could be, hey, you know, give me you know attribution to the original author. 
right? But similar to movie credits, if you look at, you know, compare the movie credits to this, okay, you acknowledge that, okay, there's a piece of work in my software that is not my original idea, okay? So, though I'm making money from it uh, by selling my so my own software to my customers, okay, but I'm acknowledging that, you know, I have actually used someone else's work, okay, when I released my software as a part, okay, by declaring that work, okay, in what we call as third-party notices. Right. So attribution is really, really important because you know it gives credibility to you and your software. Okay, by acknowledging that okay, you have some reuse that you have done, and gives a lot of respect in your, you know, in your, uh, on your peers, and your customers or users are happy, and the original or, or you know open source software author is also pretty happy because you know uh, you are respecting all the obligations that the author has mentioned in their license agreement. So, because it's not just that you acknowledge using the software, but you're publicly obliging to all of the conditions. For example, some open source software may say, hey, don't modify my software, you know, use it as it is, right? And some may say, you know, you can use, you know, however you want, but just mention my name, right? So, you're not just, you know, uh, uh, obliging to all the conditions that uh, come with the open source software, but are also, you know, building a good reputation for yourself by meeting these obligations. Yeah, I love the analogy. Um, very well done. Um, it kind of helps it to really make sense, right? And and, and makes it somewhat obvious and, and maybe that people don't really realize that. So talk to me about the difficulty or the process of providing attribution. How is that done and, and how often? Yeah, so, you know, I mean, I hate this response of, you know, saying it depends, right? <laughs> but let me clarify that with an easy example. So when you know for sure that, you know, your software has, you know, some open source code that's completely original on its own, right? So your software is original. And then, you know, the open source code that I use is also purely original, okay? That is not inheriting somewhere, something else, right? It becomes very easy to give just credit to, you know, person A whose component I'm actually using, you know, that is the most straightforward example. But all of us understand that it is never as simple as that, right? It becomes very tricky to actually find a trail, right? So this is a typical supply chain problem we see in the open source world. You know, as a software vendor, okay, you are not just responsible for the software that you are producing, right? But you're also responsible for the components that made its way into your software via some other means, right? So that means could be the you know, open source software trail, right? Meaning, you know, A has B and B has C, you know, I am using A, but, uh, you know, and A has actually B and B, you know, has C. Now, you know that you're only using A, but you may not be even using the subcomponent called B, right? So this goes back to my favorite example, you know, when I explain uh, open source to, you know, I, anybody, you know, who understand, who doesn't understand composition analysis, you know, I say, if you're Burger King, okay, and you're trying to get the bread, you know, sourced from another vendor, okay, and if your customer complains that the bread is stale, you can't just say, hey, you know what, it's not my problem, you know, my vendor is producing this stale bread, right? Because, you know, you are responsible as Burger King for everything, right? So, you know, though you don't manufacture it yourself, right? So, you know, if you apply the same analogy back to software, the tricky part is, you know, finding out that, uh, you know, you have B, you know, in your software, okay? And B is coming from C or whatever, right? So, though you're not actually using it and, uh, you know, then the regular nightmare of, you know, finding the right license for that component. So you have to do these steps to say, you know, first identify that I have B in my software, okay, and then figure out, okay, B is having its own license as declared by the original author. Though I have no intentions, you know, though my code is actually not calling B and whatnot, but I am eventually responsible for having the open source component B, okay, as a part of my product. 
And this process has to be repeated. Now, to your question, you know, how often should we do it, right? So, you know, every time I release, you know, modern software, you know, sometimes sometimes it just gets released multiple times in a day, right? And every time I, you know, do a release, you know, this process has to be rinsed and repeated every single time, you know, I release and host my software or release my software, right? Now, how do you provide this? You know, how you know, you know how do you actually you know go, go about you know doing the attribution? We uh, for several years there's a practice in the open source world where we say I want to compile you know a document called you know, third party notices document you know for the software. So in simple words, you know it will be as simple as uh, you know saying okay, it's your movie credits that you see at your end, right? At, at the movie end. Right? So you know whose work is you know, what component. So that is simply you know third party notices, right? So you know. Uh, uh, though compiling the doc itself is insanely difficult, okay, you know you cannot uh, you know run away from the trail. Okay, you have to establish the trail. Okay, only then you can compile your third-party notices document so that you know you fulfill your you know obligation of you know attributing to the original author. So we talked a lot in this podcast um, for SCA about the software supply chain, and that again is an example of the complexity of the software supply chain, understanding your software supply chain, and then, you know, and to add to that complexity, just those legal obligations um, that you have to be aware of. So again, yeah, that, that's great, great discussion. So we also hear a lot about the software bill of materials these days for, for, for very good reasons, right? But how do the two differ? What's the difference between a software bill of materials and providing um, third-party attribution notices? Yeah. So software bill of materials was, you know, coined, you know, really long time back, but it became popular only after the executive order, as we all know, right? And, uh, you know, there is a common tendency to, you know, get mistaken for, you know, the you know, software bill of materials, which is often called as BOM, okay, to the third party notices. You know, they're technically different documents. You know, as BOM, okay, it's just a compilation of all the parts of my software. Okay. I mean, don't get, uh, you know, don't think there is a trivial process. You no, know, this is also a cumbersome process. But you know, as bomb is just a compilation of all the parts of my software. They need not necessarily be limited to open source. So you can list on OSS components, which is open source software components, as well as okay, I have to list on my commercial components. Because the whole need of SBOM is that you, know, you form an entire audit trail of your software and what is it including, whether it is you know a uh, very popular work from an open source developer or whether it is, you know, uh, uh, commercial work, you know, coming from, you know, let's say, for example, you know, Oracle or Microsoft with respect to you know, Java or .NET or any other runtime that are actually including as part of your uh, 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 software, right? So it could be a, a UI kit, you know, for all you know, you know, you can say, and I'm using, you know, uh, ESTJS as a UI kit okay, for my commercial application, right? So, should I include ExtJS as a part of my SBOM? Absolutely yes, because you know that is also one of the part that has made it into my eventual software. So compared to this, okay, an attribution document or a third-party notices document, you know, it will consist of the licenses. So if I'm using, you know, let's say, you know, if I am A and I'm actually using B and B is actually using C, right? So, you know, my attribution document will contain the notice of, sorry, the license agreement of, you know, the B and C as a part of the document, right? And this third-party notices document is something that I have to be either shipping or, you know, host somewhere for my users to be accessible, 
right so this is where you know i go ahead and start saying people that you no know, i am using you know some other open source software at the same time i am actually obliging to their needs right so it's very important that i provide the original license as declared by the author right like for example if i am using a component called you know b and that b is declared as uh, an mit license you know i cannot just go to you know standard uh, you know mit portal and then you know, standard spdx.org and find out mit license and then take an extract and put it in my notices document no Right. So the original author would have written their own, you know, conditions. You know, somebody would have said, "Hey, this software comes as is." You know, somebody would have said, "Hey, you know, this software comes as is." But if you want certain, uh, you know, enhancements and whatnot, here is some URLs where you can actually find posts to, uh, you know, get the issues resolved, or you can, you know, do your own enhancements to it. Right. So when you are compiling a third-party notices document, it is very critical for you to declare, you know, the original license declared by the author. not just the you know standard template license mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay so we don't typically tout our own capabilities in our podcasts right but in this case given there are very few solutions on the market that can provide organizations with this ability to fulfill um this particular legal obligation and do it essentially with the click of a button So we're we're going to take a moment here to talk about Code Insight which is um in full disclosure our solution. How does Code Insight deliver on third-party attribution notices? Sure. So we talked about the importance of you know providing the original license text by the other you know because this is very critical because you know some of the notices they differ from you know one component to the other or they differ from the standard uh, license in just the copyright statement. so my notice could just be you know copyright winkert and then followed by standard text you know which is coming from you know uh, mit's uh, you know standard text right so that small text of you know copyright winkert is so critical for attribution because you now if somebody is using my uh, you know piece of software okay they are actually acknowledging that you know this piece of uh, software is is owned and originally developed by winkert right so that text of including my copyright in the notices text is pretty critical and this is where you no know, code insight shines right and this is extremely difficult because you know the open source authors keep releasing the software under different licenses and many releases right so my copyright statement at the time of you know when the software has been included in the you know uh, commercial software would have been okay copyright winker 2005 and today i could have been in you know copyright you know i would have changed my copyright from you know right i would have said copyright winker from the and 2022 right so it's extremely important that you know i include in you know, a copyright winker 2005 and the text that i have included you know back in 2005 when i you know uh, you know released my open source component and uh, you know the key to you know successful notices document is finding these original text it's not very simple right because you know these this text is actually uh, you know in the original source code and uh, you know they're not available as a part of the, you know, the, the source or the you know release software in the form of a license text right because when you're using you know uh, an open source component you may or may not run into this license file like for instance you know you might just be using a dll to include a particular method from the oss author Right. So when you scan your software's source or binaries, you know you will definitely run into the DLL, but you know the chances of running into the original license file is pretty pretty weak, right? So you understand the problem now, right? So when I only have the DLL and the DLL doesn't have the license text, you now for all you know I can say you know if this DLL is this, you no, know, uh, it is declared under you know MIT license. That's a you know, that's a trivial part, but you no. Know, 
what is the actual MIT license, right? So in order to get the true license text, you know, what you need to do is you need to figure out the component, you need to figure out the version, go to the repository, download the right license, scrape through the docs, okay, for the license text, and then you know, copy paste that text into your notices text. Very manual, okay. right? Yeah, it's purely manual and it's extremely cumbersome. Okay, <laughs> talk to any open source analyst; I think they will tell you how painful this process is. Yeah, okay. including our, our own uh, Alex. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, you know, this is actually helps you. You know, uh, what we have done in the last several months is that you know we've been uh, collecting these uh, you know license texts you know from all of these open source repositories as declared by the original author, right? So, you know, we have amassed a huge number of, you know, you know, license texts that are, you know, available, you know, in the source code then when they were released by the you know, author, right? So by knowing the OSS component name and version, okay, we will be able to now retrieve the license text, okay, in the most common cases, okay, and, you know, reduce the work for you. Otherwise, you know, this following the trail of, uh, component version or repo, you know, the release, and then you know, trying to find the right license, right file with the license text, and then you know, copy pasting them and putting them in notice, and then generating a report. All of this is a pretty cumbersome process. So we have now exposed these, uh, you know, um, uh, ability to you know retrieve these license texts, you know, using simple APIs, and uh, you know we also have an out of the box report which will not just extract the text for you; it will also you know uh, you know make a report for you which which is properly formatted and you know compile a third party notices report for you. Very good, very good. So. Um, just, just a, a huge important discussion. You know, I, I, I often wonder, um, you know, how many people out there, how many organizations or engineering teams are actually, you know, having to, to your point, you know, do this the manual way. And a better way is to automate that and to automate that with a push button. So thank you. It's, it's, it's a great discussion, Venkat, and important. So thank you for spending time with me today. Sure, Kendra. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me here and, uh, and talking about the, you know, attribution. Yeah, yeah. So to those who have listened to this podcast, if you would like to learn more about third-party um, attribution notices, um, we have a data sheet in our resources section on Revenera.com. Um, you can check that out. Just look for it. If you would like to get a demo of Code Insight, um, um, and particularly this whole idea of providing um, and, and need to provide third-party attribution notices. Or if you have more questions, you can reach out to myself, kemorton at revenera.com. Binkat as well, I'm sure would love to talk with you or take your questions. He is vdonga at revenera.com. Or you can select the contact us link on our website and um, you, that'll, that'll get you to someone that um, you can have a discussion with. So again, thank you for joining us today. For sure, we'll be back soon to talk about another interesting topic in the world of open source and software supply chain management. So have a fantastic day. Empower the use of open source with software composition analysis from Revenera.